0: From Pacifica Radio in San Francisco, this is Flashpoints. I'm Dennis Bernstein. Today on the show, we continue our election crimes investigation in Atlanta, where the press and VP were finally throwing down in the battle to protect your vote. Spoiler alert, Stacey Abrams stiffed the president. Greg Palast will tell you why. All this and more coming up straight ahead on Flashpoints. Stay tuned. This is the kind of story uh, that uh, Greg Palast has been sharing with us and that we have been working with him on uh, in some form or another for the last 20 years. Uh, Greg has really been uh, the canary in the coal mine of uh, of the disappearing vote. Um, It was amazing to see the President of the United States talk about the issue with such specificity, and he goes on to hit all the points, Um, but uh, still, it was interesting that Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor now, who's really at the cutting edge, who Greg Palast has been working with for some time, uh, just somehow had a conflicting schedule. Now, if you're running for governor, and the vice president and the president of your party come to your hometown, Turf, uh, and you what, you you have to you had a lunch date? No, something is up. It's profound. And let's invite in uh Greg Palast. Greg are you with us? Yes. I am with you. Not with Uh, me. why don't you give a little more background and tell us why you think uh, these two were boycotted by Stacey Abrams.
1: Well, uh, you know, Stacey Abrams had to, was busy. She didn't have time to meet with the president uh, coming down to her hometown. Um, You know, she had to wash her hair or something. Uh, Everyone got the message because she was concerned about losing her activists who had actually officially boycotted Biden's speech. Now, I've worked with and I've reported, you know, on my work with uh, Black Voters Matter Fund, which is Latasha Brown, Cliff Albright, two of the key. truly important to voting rights advocates in Georgia. And they just said, look, it's not that they have anything against Biden or Harris. It's that they said we don't need another photo op. You know, we don't need to stand there with the president and wave and say, oh, thank you, Mr. President, for coming down to us poor folk in Georgia to to help save the vote. Why, thank you. Uh, They're not they don't find much value in that unless he explains his plan. To, not to say that he would be willing to overcome the filibuster, which is a change of position where he said he was uncomfortable with it before, but that he's now for eliminating the filibuster. Well, that and you know, a buck fifty gets you on the subway. Uh, what's needed now by the groups want to see action now, including much stronger action by the Justice Department, uh, and they're not going to be satisfied with speeches. So that's what that's what's really going on. It's not that they're against Biden, they just don't think he's, you know, that that uh, this is a dog and pony show. Now on the other hand, we do have to remember that um that uh it's still quite a show compared to the president we had before. And even the president we had before that. Before Trump was Obama who uh had very little time for um voting rights issues. And as I know one one friend of his said said, you know, you know, uh, when discussing voting rights, well, you know, 70% of black people's problems are caused by themselves. And that was Obama. So you don't, you know, this, so this is really is a shift change for the leader, uh, presidential leader of the Democratic Party. So this is really very important. And of course, we didn't even have that type of backup under Clinton when he was very weak on voting rights.
0: Indeed. Uh, you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're speaking with Greg Palast. We have been doing uh, what we call on Flashpoints the Election Crimes Bulletin, and uh, we have been, with Greg's guidance and uh, investigative reporting from the get-go, been reporting on the you, – you're disappearing right rights to vote i mean fun. that's what brings the president to atlanta the fact that it really is now an existential threat this is no joke anymore it's uh what what this is in the stage of uh implementation in what 18 states
1: well we have about 18 states which have passed further restrictive laws and the worst are in georgia uh, sb202 which is signed by governor kemp um, at the beginning of this year, uh, excuse me, the beginning of uh, last year. And, um, and you know, uh, it famously uh, um, restricts voting hours, uh, takes away the right uh, to uh, mail in your ballot without. You have to send in an ID. Just make it confusing. He hasn't shown one single case, one single case, Brian Kemp, the governor, nor his secretary of state, Kent, uh, Brad's, Brad Raffensperger uh neither of them while promoting this new law saying you have to mail in your ID uh, with your with your ballot has shown that someone used a false ID to mail a ballot. Do they have a single ballot you know he actually you know publicly said we don't have a single case of a voter using uh, uh, identity theft to vote. So then why do we need this law which they know measurably will reduce the black vote, which will reduce the young vote. Last time I looked, 20% of African Americans don't have the ID which is acceptable for their voting. They're not fraudulent voters. It's are just one more obstacle course. I mean, you have to understand what's happened in places like, you know, when they talk about, well, what's wrong with an ID? Well, I'll tell you what. Like in um, Alabama, they you had to have a uh, driver's license or a DMV voting card Uh from uh, from the uh, uh, you know the Department of Motor Vehicles in Alabama, they then literally closed every single DMV in the six black belt counties, uh, the black majority counties of Alabama. They closed every DMV except for once a month when the when the Justice Department. Um, Complain. They so say, well, you have to have an ID, but we're not going to let you get one if you live in a black county. It's that raw. When I was in Cobb County in um, on the runoff uh, for the U.S. Senate race, we had uh, in Cobb County 11 early voting stations. Uh, six of them were closed during the Senate runoff. All six, every single one, was in a black-majority precinct. The white-majority precincts were un. Touched for polling places. It is raw. They are arresting people on buses saying, you know, under Georgia law, you can't bring more than five people to the polls. I mean, just crazy stuff. Um, and of course, Brian Kemp has a long history. Brian Kemp is the governor, has a long history of actual violence against voters. He used the Georgia um, Bureau of Investigation, their own G-Men, to kick in the doors of 10. School board members in Quitman, Georgia, arrested them. One had a Ph.D., and she said that she thought of committing suicide. She thought of committing su- suicide because of the threats of felony. They actually brought felony charges against these um, uh, black people who were registering voters. Not, they threw out the charges after two years. It was just ridiculous. It was complete nonsense. But these people's lives were ruined. And one almost committed suicide. Then you had the um, um, 10,000 Koreans vote. That uh, registration operation was shut down when they complained that the names that they had sent in were not being put on the voter rolls. The response was to literally threaten, again, kick in the doors of the voter registration group. This is under Brian Kemp as Secretary of State, and he's continued under uh, Kemp as governor with his Secretary of State. They kicked in the doors of the uh, Korean American voting rights group, took their computers, um, said they were charging them all with felonies. Of course, they never brought those those charges, but they destroyed the group and they made sure that this new democratic demographic was not going to vote. It's raw in Georgia. It's Jim Crow. And of course, the latest trick is the new vigilante uh, voter law, which is basically a. Revival, and this is very important, a revival of the 1946 trick used by KKK member um, Talmadge, Gene Talmadge, who became governor, by handing out thousands and thousands of mimeograph forms. And he basically said, fill in the names of a Negro and we'll, uh, to say that they are not eligible to vote. Citizens can challenge a vote in Georgia. They brought that back with one single Georgia. GOP official Pam Reardon, herself personally challenging 30,000 voters, so many that she told me she couldn't even print out the names. I said, have you ever spoken to these people, called these people? How do you know they're not eligible to vote? She didn't know any of them. She just passed on names that she got from a right-wing group out of Texas called True to the Vote. These are the games being played. And by the way, most of these games won't be stopped by the new voting rights legislation. They need to be stopped by...
0: All right, let um, me stop you right there for for one second, Greg Palace. Let people know you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. It's 531 in the West. Uh, and we're talking about uh, a visit that the president and the vice president uh, made to Atlanta today in support of uh, voter rights. It was interestingly and uh, certainly worth paying attention to. It was boycotted by Stacey Abrams. She didn't say she was boycotting it, but everybody knows. Is if you're running for governor and the president and the vice president of your party shows up, you're not going to be somewhere else. So this was this was a statement, um, Greg. What I want to do now is I want to just take a short musical break. And when we come back, uh, I I really want to uh, deconstruct once again Raffin's purge because he is becoming yep. heroic uh, on the mainstream dial, uh, and he is I think. Uh, it's you would say he is uh, among the most dangerous when it comes to attacking votes. So let's take a musical break, and we're going to talk about does he really say his name Purger? No, I can't put yes. it. <laughs> really. All right, more Stay on tuned. that. Stay tuned. Yeah. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. This is your daily investigative news magazine. I'm Dennis Bernstein. We are speaking with investigative reporter uh, Greg Palast, who is really been on the cutting edge uh, in the battle to protect your vote and really has uncovered unbelievable trends uh, that have turned into like the nightmare in terms of the future possibility. uh, Will you be able to vote or no? And things are not looking good. The Democrats have obviously been slow to the draw here. That's putting it Mildly, I wanted to come back uh, to Raffensperger. Uh, he's the one people will remember. Got a call from Trump. Trump told him to find the votes he needed to win uh, in uh, Georgia. Um, that's obviously made him a bit of a hero. But he's he's not a hero for those who want to free the vote. He's a hero, really, to the right wingers who want to quietly steal and. Uh, undermine the ability for people to vote without having to just do a public purge. Well, it is a public purge. What am I saying? Yes.
1: Well, here's what happens. Rafa, Raffin's Raffensperger is listening to Atlanta, watching Atlanta TV tonight, and they even call him Raffensperger. It's it's with a P. He's a purger. He's the purge in general of, um, of Georgia. He is, in my opinion, you know, I've been covering uh, vote suppression for two decades, starting with Katherine Harris of Florida. I find him the most dangerous and, in practice, the most racist of any secretary of state I've ever investigated uh, from Ohio to Florida uh, to Texas and Mississippi. Why? Because he is the type of racial vote thief. Who, uh, is very slick in his language. So for example, today when Biden gave his speech, his response was, Biden is coming down here trying to federalize our elections. Now, what does that mean, federalize our elections? That's the old dog whistle of states' rights, saying it's, you know, it should be up to the states. Well, you know, that's why we, uh, even Eisenhower sent in the 101st Air, uh, Airborne into Little Rock. Sorry, rights are federal. They're in the U.S. Constitution. It's not uh, the rights, our rights not to be determined by Georgia or any state, but the old state's rights game. So that's just a dog whistle for that the white supremacists have used forever. Um, the, uh, the second thing that he's using is the, is, that the laws that uh, Biden is proposing, the protections that Biden's proposing, like you can't just close black precincts and not white precincts, he's saying that that attacks the, quote, integrity of Georgia elections. And by the way, both these terms were used in almost simultaneous speeches by both Brian Kemp, the governor, Republican governor, uh, and uh brad raffitt's Perger. so it's coordinated it's not off the cuff they both use a term uh federalizing the elections and uh attacking the integrity of georgia elections what do you mean you mean that they're attack- and attacking the whiteness of georgia elections uh i was down in georgia now for been down there this is my ninth year and i can tell you it's not integrity that you wouldn't describe the Georgia elections as having integrity. And remember, it's not just Georgia, but the reason why Biden correctly went down to Georgia is that it is ground zero in the fight against what is politely called vote suppression. But Raffensperger has another trick which is very, very, very dangerous. Remember, he was lionized on 60 Minutes. He was lionized as a great hero, and they must have used the the term hero 55 times on MSNBC and on CNN and in the New York Times. I mean, they kept using the term hero to describe Brad Raffensperger. Why? Well, because when Donald Trump called him up and said, find me 12,000 votes, which would be enough to flip Georgia back to his column." Believe me, that was his 29th call, by the way. I want to know about the other 28 calls, because I can tell you this. I was in federal court with Black Voters Matter, the group that boycotted Biden today. And Biden was not there. That is, the Justice Department was not in our federal lawsuit Uh, against Brad Raffensperger. We named 198,000 voters. I was there in that courtroom um, uh, as a witness. 198,000 voters, which the palace fund identified by name and address and said, these voters were illegally removed. And when, uh, by the way, even got the Washington post, the uh, uh, experts in graphics to, to show how almost all the people that are getting removed in Georgia. And it was a system also used in Wisconsin where Biden almost lost that state too. we um, were almost all in African-American low income areas. and, That's what the integrity of Georgia's voting system is. And that's what Brad Raffensperger was promoting. And the new law, SB202, which is the most vicious Jim Crow law. Like I said, they literally brought back the 1946 Ku Klux Klan tactic. That was drafted by Raffensperger and drafted by Brian Kemp. Yeah, there's internal battles within the party. Trump does not like Kemp. He doesn't like Raffensperger because, you know, Raffensperger would not go to – frankly, he wouldn't go to jail for him. He, he, he took away he, – he stole 198,000 votes for him. How much more do you want? Well, he wanted 12,000 more. That 12,000 more was going to end, end up with Raffensperger in prison. And and that far he wasn't going to go. So he's in trouble with the Trump people. But just because Trump doesn't like Raffensperger, just because Trump doesn't like Brian Kemp, because Kemp kept telling him, I have zero authority under the Constitution of Georgia to change the outcome of the vote. I have zero authority. It's with the legislature and with the secretary of state, not me. And so Trump hated Kemp. That does not make Kemp a hero. It doesn't make Raffensperger. A hero and this new thing with the Democratic Party lionizing these guys is very very dangerous stuff it's basically saying if you're a racist vote suppressor as long as you use polite language and say you're anti-trump well that's okay you know uh,
0: no one's speaking okay. with. We're speaking with Greg dot com investigative reporter. Uh, This is a regular series we've been doing for years. Uh, It's the Election Crimes Bulletin. We're gearing up for another election season. Obviously, uh, you all understand that uh, 2022 is going to be a very interesting year, and uh, a lot of it is going to have to do around various battles uh, uh, for the vote, who's going to control the vote, who's going to count the vote, who's going to decide... Uh, what is acceptable? Now, I, um, I, I think, uh, Greg, it's important to uh, talk about the intersection between the extreme violent right, the the violent insurrection that we witnessed uh, a year ago in D.C. and this sort of slow motion, um, a low intensity warfare that we're about to see, uh, which is expanding. I, they call it low intensity, but it's high impact. So where where do you see the extreme? Right, violent right, and the extreme sort of political actor right, the Raffenspergers, uh, and then the ones setting the fires. Well, that, that's the What's the, the interception?
1: It's a one-two punch. So you've got the violent right... Um, which is creating mayhem, creating fear. Remember, you're, you should go out to rural Georgia. It's one thing to, you know, all those TV stations are broadcasting. You know, you see CNN on the streets of Atlanta with the nice voting lines and people are waiting in line. Their they're one problem is that they're really long, and, and the law says you literally go to prison in Georgia if you hand someone a bottle of water while they're in line, and that's no joke. But you go out to rural Georgia, you go past Noonan and you go out to Macon, you go into these areas, you're gonna see a very different you're gonna have very different experience in which cars are being pulled over, in which there's great fear of violence and you know, it's hard to bring your kids or your grandma out to the polls with this type of intimidation. I'm also worried about like uh, where there might be poll burnings because someone's claimed that there's uh, illegal voters at a certain polling station. Obviously, voters of color. We don't see we don't see black riots uh, at polling stations. It's white riots. It's that simple, you know. Um, and and then that gets used by people like Raffensperger to say, "Well, I'm a reasonable vote purger. <laughs> I'm reasonable. I I don't like these crazies." And to make that distinction. Their goal is the same, to stop American citizens from voting or having their vote counted. You know, it's one thing to burn a drop box, but it's just as devastating to say, if, if we don't like the particular ID you have in that drop box, well, we're not going to make it easier for you to get that ID. Um, that's also the equivalent of burning the drop box, except that it looks very polite and very legal. So it's a big danger when we say that there are okay forms of vote suppression, and that's what we're doing with guys like Raffensperger by making them seem reasonable. The, the line of reasonable has just gone, has switched, so that with all these crazies out there, you can take a berserker like Raffensperger, and he sounds rational, but it's only by comparison. I almost feel like sometimes those guys are, your, are, are you know the red flag in front of the bull so you don't notice You know, it's like three-card month. You're watching watching the the, the, the guy with the box shifting the cards around while his confederate is picking your pocket. And that's what we have to really worry about. Plus, you know, we have, um, um, because of the fear of violence and because of the fear that we might have an election overturned, Mitch McConnell is making a kind of devil's offer, devil's bargain that he wants to cut. He's saying you're so afraid that, that the election will be overturned in 2024, which is a real legitimate fear, as we talked about using the 12th Amendment, using the second article of the Constitution. But a lot of these things are triggered, are more likely to be triggered under what's called the Electoral Count Act of 1871. And McConnell says that act is dangerous. He's correct. So I'll get rid of the 18. Let's let's just repeal the Electoral Count Act of 1871, and we'll call that this year's this year's vote protection measure, and that'll be enough for the year. That's what he's offering. That's a dangerous offer that should not be accepted. The Electoral Count Act is dangerous. I don't think it could withstand even this court's uh, um, this Supreme Court's scrutiny. It should go but that's not a that's not any real concession by Mitch McConnell to the rights of American voters.
0: All right, we've got uh, we we these are sort of rudiments of 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 this battle, but we uh, have to remind people that uh, uh, supposedly the reason came uh, Biden came to Atlanta is to uh, call attention to the fact that there were three uh, bills. Uh, it does appear to me. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to throw uh, cold water on any of this, but it it seems like it doesn't matter what the hell Biden says. Mansion's going to meet with some Republicans and tell us what we can. And, oh, what what the right extreme right wing can tolerate, but eh, you can jump off on well, this. Uh, yes. uh, where we well, what are these bills, and what should we hope for?
1: Well, uh, you know, Biden is supposed to be the great master of the Senate and understand how to move legislation, and he seems to be face planting again and again. First. He made the horrific and clearly horrific mistake um, that uh, he said he would not use his political power to end the filibuster regarding voting rights. Because he said in public on CNN, which is kind of politically crazy, but he actually said what he was thinking. I'll grant him that, that if I use my political power to end the filibuster on voting rights, I won't be able to use that power uh, to get my uh, economic and foreign policy agenda through. Um, the problem is is that he didn't get the foreign policy or political uh, or, or economic agenda passed. He still didn't break the filibuster on those. Uh, and now he turns to voting rights and gives a big speech in Georgia today that it's time to end the filibuster. It's anti-democratic. It's wrong. Well, wait a minute. This is a guy who literally six weeks ago said he was uncomfortable eliminating the filibuster. And again that he said he wouldn't use it for the Voting Rights Act. Suddenly it's like the moral choice I think one quote here, I don't have it right in front of the entire transcript that I can read, uh, is the moral choice is simple. We have to end the filibuster, which is anti democratic in a matter of fundamental rights. Well, it is now um we're in January of two thousand twenty two. January 2021 might have been a good time to make that point, and, but now he's lost uh, political popularity. That does, that's By the way, don't discount that as one of the reasons why Stacey Abrams had to like wash her hair instead of see the president. Having her picture taken with Joe Biden at this moment is not a winning poster in Georgia. It's going to be won not by associations with Biden, but by running away from Biden. So what can what can he do now well let's not forget that there are republicans he's supposedly the master of crossing the aisle and speaking even to racists you know famously gave the the speech for eulogy for strom Thurmond. so he's famous for cuddling up to racists which he said is that wins you know to win over their their support well let's see what you can do now in particular for example lisa murkowski is a nominal republican. I say nominal because she ran and won against the Republican party. So, she is someone that could be approached. She has said she would vote for this for the new legislation, voting rights legislation, and she would consider breaking the filibuster. Now, this is not because Lisa Murkowski is some type of woman for all seasons, a great moral upstanding person. This is because if you if you worked in Alaska as I have, you know that the um, Alaskan native population is one of the most politically active and powerful uh, minority voting groups in the nation. And Murkowski has to have American native votes, and they want this bill. So you, I think Murkowski, not um, Manchin, could provide that 50th vote. The other is, of course, Kristen Sinema, um, Senator Cinema of Arizona, who's only elected because of Hispanic votes. And yet, she's, and this bill, which would protect the Hispanic voter, very, very important, Hispanic voters in Arizona, she's done nothing about. So what's needed is more pressure from the Hispanic voting organizations on cinema. So I think cinema and Murkowski may be the route to this passage. But, you know, I shouldn't be telling Joe Biden, who's had four decades of experience with the Senate, um, how you operate in the Senate. It may just come down to something simple, Dennis, uh, having been in Georgia and Mississippi, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, all these swing states. Um, it's organizing. You can have the law. You can have the courts. But in the end, um, it's getting people registered, then re-registered after they're purged, contacting and calling. And in fact, one of the reasons why why Reverend Warnock, want, people know very little of this story and and john ossoff in the in the uh january 5th runoff is that activists not the democratic party but activists like the black voters matter fund and uh, rainbow push and and others had massive phone banks that when one of raffensperger's minions disqualified someone's mail-in ballot they contacted the people to go into their county offices and what was called care their ballot. that is, if you're missing a signature, they don't like your signature, uh, or you use a red pen instead of a blue pen, you can correct all these things. And they were shocked and stunned. Even Raffensperger, the GOP Secretary of State, he complained, well, the reason you guys lost is that they had a system to to protect their ballots, and Republicans didn't. You know, the Republicans didn't cure their ballots. There were very few Republican ballots thrown out, but a few, enough, frankly, uh, that if the GOP had kept the black voters out but protected their own ballots, um, they could have given the state to, to, uh, to Trump. So it was on the street, on the phone, at your door, organizing uh, not federal law that changed, that flipped Georgia to the will of the voters.
0: Amazing. Uh, again, uh, we're speaking with Greg Palace You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio, and uh, we've been working with Greg uh, and uh, benefiting all of the Pacifica audience is benefiting from the amazing kind of reporting and research that Greg has done uh, on this subject. He has been a bulldog, uh, and we have had the privilege to go along with about 20 years of that ride. Uh, and but clearly. Um, the, you know, Greg, all the terrible things that you reported in, for instance, in the best democracy uh, money can buy, all those things that everybody said it's not going to get that bad. Look, here's one crazy example. you know, like it's it's almost like I look back fondly on on those earlier days of vote purging uh compared to where we are right now.
1: Well, actually, that's really true. In fact, I have to say, if you think I want to, this is now my 22nd year covering uh, vote suppression, vote tactics, and God forbid you say the word vote theft. That's a big problem, too, is that it, and it, is that it has gotten so much worse. I thought when I investigated and uncovered how Catherine Harris removed thousands of black people from the voter rolls that uh, – you know, under false fall screen saying they were felons. They're just guilty of voting while black. No, not one was a felon, by the way, injured in Florida. What I didn't know is that instead of the exposure and the, and the creation of a new law, another federal law to help America Vote Act, that should have ended it. It didn't end it. In fact, it helped spread it. That's why I'm always wary of people saying oh well all we have to do is pass this legislation we're fine well we said that in 2003 with the signing of the help america vote act and what that did it literally made things worse because we weren't watching that is um the the public uh, wasn't watching the democratic party was certainly asleep at the switch i spoke with the party chairman at the time terry McAuliffe. And I said, you know, you're getting people purged off the vote. You know, I was interviewing him for BBC television. I said, you're being people are being purged off the voter rolls nationwide on false pretenses, mainly black voters. What are you doing about it? He said, we're going to have lawyers at the polls on Election Day. Who's the chairman of the Democratic Party? And I said, well, but if they're removed from the voter rolls, they can't vote. It doesn't matter how many lawyers they have. So what are you doing about that? He said, you know, he looked at me blankly like, why is this even an issue? Um, So the Democratic Party has been asleep. Maybe this speech today by Biden is suddenly like, you know, uh, you know, a uh, a shot of caffeine uh, for the Democratic Party. I mean, on its
0: own, it was it was pretty powerful for a president to to give that speech. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I don't want to take let's not take away the power and importance of words and the power of importance of saying, here's where I stand. But here's the guy who waited a year to say where he stood on this, right. or actually, you know, that's waffled away from it. And that, you know, and, and look, that's why the activists were saying, oh, thank you for just discovering us because you're panicked about losing a Democratic Senate seat. Well, we did this on the ground. Again, not to, it was about giving people the right to vote, not the right to have a Democrat. Uh, and so I, I think that... um It has gotten worse. So that, for example, the Help America Vote Act um, required the computerization of voter rolls nationwide. That made it easier to purge literally hundreds of thousands of people at the push of a button who don't know they've lost their vote till they show up. The Health America Vote Act also created the provisional ballot. Now, we thought that was a good thing, or that's what the Black Caucus thought. They said if someone is purged and they show up, if, you know, and they say, oh, well, I've been wrongly purged. Well, they still get a ballot called a provisional ballot, and then they check their status. The problem is, is that they won the right for a provisional ballot, but have no right, zero right, to have that ballot counted. So if you were wrongly called a felon who can't vote in Georgia, which still has that law, that Jim Crow law, if you're wrongly identified as a felon, they'll say, oh, well, you were wrongly identified as a felon, uh, we can't count your vote now, but we'll let you register for the next election. That's what they do. So we didn't. So just federal law alone cannot save you because they will manipulate it, they will twist it, and they have made it literally using so-called voting reform laws. They've made it worse. Now they're out of the closet. They don't even pretend that it's voting protection. They call it voter uh, election integrity protection to stop the fraudulent voters. Right. Who I'm still waiting for All them right. to name.
0: Right. These All team. right, well, we're going to wait... Uh, with you, Greg Palace, but we're not going to wait too long uh, uh, until we continue this investigation. You are listening to Flashpoints. That's the voice of Greg Pallast. You can check him out at gregpalace.com He's a regular contributor to this show. We have been doing what we've been calling the Election Crimes Bulletin now for a whole bunch of years, formally since uh, 2016. Uh, and uh, obviously, the battle to protect your vote is on. Thank you Greg Palast. I'm Dennis Bernstein. You've been listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio.